This is Ali Ciardo, and this is Photo Field Notes, stories and inspiration from professional photographers. This is Ali Ciardo, and I am speaking with David Bach. He's an award-winning photographer based out of Chicago. So David, what made you want to become a photographer in the first place? Well, um, to be completely honest, I, I didn't want to be a wedding photographer in the first place. Uh, my, my wife and I, uh, Kathy, who's the other photographer in our business, um, we were actually both originally full-time graphic designers. Um, we'd gone to college at Purdue for graphic design. You know, we, we'd been totally into this whole career of being graphic designers all of our lives, and it was really what we'd planned on doing. And in college, we both took some photography classes for fun. It was more kind of like those easy A classes, classes that you take that you know you're good at, but it isn't something that you're necessarily going to study for the rest of your life. Um, you know, we mightered in English because of that as well, and we're, we've gotten more, more into writing again. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, we just didn't really think that this was going to be a career for us. Um, and then around the time of our wedding, uh, when we started looking for wedding photographers, we found Bobby and Mike out of Indianapolis, um, and they ended up being the ones to shoot our wedding. And we saw how much fun that being wedding photographers can actually be um, and how much of a creative career we could have that would be our own business. And uh, they gave us our first couple memory cards and uh, told us to go for it. Uh, so now, four years later, here we are as uh, wedding photographers and absolutely loving the career that we're in. Wow. How did you make that transition? So it sounds when you say it all easily, you know, oh, we decided that we wanted to be <laughs> wedding photographers and here we are four years later doing yeah, great, yeah. winning awards. But it, I'm sure it wasn't that easy. What were some of the challenges that you faced along the way and how did you form that path and, you know, how did you just take it from point A to point B? Well, when we first started out, um, you know, we were like, you know what, we should be wedding photographers. And we're like, all right, let's go for it. And then a year later, we actually bought our first camera. Um, <laughs> you know, so it was a little bit, you know, we, we had so many things in our life at the time that made it kind of difficult to actually try and start this career. Um, but, you know, after about a year of deciding that this was something that we wanted to do, we went out, we bought our first couple cameras, um, you know, and our first couple lenses. And then we were, uh, we were living at, in Lafayette at the time because uh, we're both Purdue grads, um, Lafayette, Indiana. Um, and so we, we put up all these, they were awful, these horrible flyers up on campus, you know, uh, we'll shoot your wedding for super cheap and all these awesome <laughs> signs all over campus um, and then you know we were lucky enough we found a couple brides uh, who were were brave enough to go with us and uh, we, we shot our first couple of weddings for very inexpensive um, and uh, then after that you know we, we upgraded our camera bodies and then we upgraded our lenses we were really lucky enough that our determination in Continuing with the business and, and making it something that one that we wanted in our lives, you know, we just focused all of our energy on it. Um, and then about, I would say about two years into the business, um, Kathy, I, I was full time with the photography business, um, and Kathy was part time. She was still working as a graphic designer um, in uh, Indiana for a, a, for a casino, and uh, it just wasn't her. It, it wasn't fulfilling for her, and she just wasn't happy at all. So I finally told Kathy, all right, why don't you just quit your day job and we'll go for it. And nothing will inspire you to be successful more than not having another job. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we totally just went for it hardcore and 
uh, you know, it was kind of it felt like a sign from God. It was like after we after Kathy quit her day job, we booked five weddings that week, um, and it was just you know it, it made everything clear that this is definitely what we needed to be doing, um, and we just we really looked out um, in that respect. So I think that was one thing that just kind of led to our success was just really being determined that this is what we were going to do. And we said, we're going to be wedding photographers and we made it happen. So um, I think that's an important part is, is giving all, giving your all to whatever you really think you want to do um, and not, you know, halfway doing anything. So, so I see on your site, looking through your blog, you have a lot of great kind of creative lighting going on. And I'm sure that when you first picked up a camera, you were not exactly confident with your lighting and technical skills to the extent that I'm sure you are today. So where did you turn when it, when it came time to learn the technical side of things and make sure that you were, you must have been terrified at your first wedding. Oh, we were. We were totally terrified because we were completely winging it. We'd never even second shot before. Um, you know, we totally, the only experience that we had for wedding photography was watching Bobby and Mike at our wedding. <laughs> and it was like, okay, this will be fun. And thankfully, the wedding was for free. And that, and we, we booked her like a week before her wedding because the church um, that we were going to at the time contacted us and said, hey, we've got this bride who doesn't have a photographer. I know you guys said you were looking for brides, you know. And so she was nice enough to have us we basically came along as guests and we shot the wedding for free. Um, she didn't have a photographer and she wouldn't have had wedding photos otherwise. Um, but that was our first experience. And, and luckily we didn't screw it up. Um, I really, looking back at it, I wish I would have done some more second shooting to kind of build up my experience a little bit more. But, you know, we're kind of go on the fly kind of people and wing it kind of people. So it worked for us. At the same time, back when we started out, we were, we called ourselves quote unquote natural light photographers because the truth was we really didn't know how to use flash um and i think that's that's what it is for most people i mean i think there's a big difference between choosing not to use flash and not knowing how to use flash and going with what you do now um so you know when we first started out it was just you know the the idea of having to use a flash was just you know this horrifying thing and mostly because we just didn't like the way flash looked in photos um you know and for the most part we just didn't see anybody doing flash the way we liked it um and then then after a couple of meetings um, with the Indianapolis uh, pug and talking to Kevin Swan and hearing his thoughts on flash and doing different things with it, we decided to kind of try it out. You know, we had some flashes with us and we learned, uh, you know, about bouncing the flash off walls and doing some off-camera lighting and stuff like that. And that really helped get us into it. Um, about, I think it was in August of last year, um, we actually went to the Ben Chrisman uh, workshop at the Beach House, and we learned a ton about Flash from him, um, and that's that has really made a big difference in our abilities as photographers, because um, we were always really inspired by the way he, uh, his use of Flash and light, um, and, and it was more than just more than just Flash. It was understanding how lighting hits a subject and what it looks like and what it does. So I think it helped us beyond just using Flash. I think it helped us even with just natural daylight, being able to take good-looking portraits in two o'clock sun, you know, those sort of things that makes it kind of difficult sometimes when they're like, oh, yes, we're going to do our portraits at two. I'm like, great, now I know what to do. So um, I think taking workshops with people like the yin-yang workshop that David Chung does and DQ, uh, the DQ with Modiboto, those people um, have a really good lighting workshop. Bob and Don Davis really know their stuff when it comes to flash. Kevin Swan's a great, a great guy when it comes to flash as well, and he was very helpful for us. But, you know, we get a lot of inspiration from uh, Ben and Aaron, and they've been very uh, nice and helpful to us in, in learning that sort of thing. 
Okay, I'm going to read some of the awards that you've won, and then I'm going to get into my next question. So sure. a few, as I'm reading through your list, you are Best of the Best from Junebug Weddings in 2010, um, a Favorite Wedding of 2009 from Style Me Pretty, Bride's Choice Award from Wedding Wire, and a couple of others. Which everybody gets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's just, let's just say it's a good list. So what do you think for you have been some of the bigger things that have led to your success as a company and led to your success working with clients? I think a big part of our success, an incredibly big part of our success is honestly the kindness that we've received from other photographers in the industry, um, specifically uh, Becker out in California, um, Paris Whittingham in New York City um, have both been, uh, Gene Haiga, um, Kevin Swan, uh, you know, all of those people have been incredibly helpful to us um, in learning the trade, learning about the business. Um, since we first started out, we've been active members with the B-School, and that really got the idea of us networking with other photographers in our area and building up a network of, of peers and people we can share leads with. Um, and, you know, it's really, it's just really been amazing to see how many people are starting to really, you know, latch on to this. I mean, you know, when we first started the whole networking thing, it was still kind of stiff, you know, not everybody wanted to communicate with each other. And now it's like everybody wants to communicate and we love that. Um, but being able to, if we're booked for a date, you know, I call up my buddy and Steve Koo up in Chicago and I'm like, hey man, we're totally booked for a date. Are you available? Um, and he'll say, yeah, I'm available. So I send the lead to him because he's a very similar style to us. Or I'll, you know, if I think they want something a little more artistic, um, I'll email Kelly Kano down in North Carolina and she does an amazing job for that. You know, and I just try and give good leads to people. And when, I, when they're booked for dates, they give me a call and they do the same thing. Um, and I think you know, I think our first year in the business, I think over half of our weddings that we booked were referrals from other photographers. Um, and without the kindness of those other photographers, we just would not be as successful as we are today. That says a lot. And that actually kind of leads into my next question, which was, what's your philosophy on marketing? I know, particularly looking at forums like the B-School, there are tons and tons and tons of threads about what's working for you, what's not working for you. So right. everybody, of course, is different and every location is different. But so it sounds like referrals is a big one. And then what else beyond that is kind of your philosophy on how you approach marketing your business? Well, you know, it's like everybody these days is like, you know, marketing yourself and marketing you. And, uh, you know, and I hear that with every single uh, blog post or, you know, every single workshop is marketing you and selling yourself. And I've been thinking lately that, you know, it's like everybody is doing this. So now that everyone has a blog and everyone has a blog site and everyone has a cool video that talks about them and everyone showcases their personality on their website, you know, it, it, it's starting to become that's the norm. And you have to come up with something new that's going to distinguish yourself from all the other photographers who are marketing their cool, unique personalities just like everybody else. And I think personally right now that that's photography. Um, you know, you may have a great personality, but are you a great photographer? And, you know, there are some people who believe that doing making great photos and doing great photography isn't as important as the marketing behind it I personally think it's a good 50-50 I think if you take great photos but you don't know how to market yourself you're not going to be successful and I think that if you know how to market yourself but you're not a great photographer there's a limit to how successful you can be um, you know and, and so we've been really focusing lately on just taking better pictures part of that was going to the Ben Christman workshop and just trying to take pictures that a bride isn't going to be able to find anywhere else 
that a bride is going to see as completely unique than all the other photographers out there. Because like I said, they're all getting inundated with these, you know, personalities and marketing you. And I mean, I totally behind it. I used to be a full-time graphic designer. I, I, and I think you should have a really cool website and showcase who you are that tells the bride that this is the person they should hire. But if they don't like your photos, they're not going to hire you, you know, necessarily. So I think part of that, my, my main belief there is um, selling really, really good photos um, and just focusing on just blowing them out of the water and not being okay with acceptable. You know what I mean? Simple, but very true. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about work-life balance, because I know when I called you earlier, you mentioned that you have your phone turned off during certain hours. And I know as a business owner in general, it's very di- it can be very difficult to find work-life balance. So how have you kind of tackled that issue? Well, you know, um, I recently got a Google Voice number, and the Google Voice number, what it does is I have it so that it only rings at my house, um, and it can actually it actually rings both my home phone and my cell phone at the same time, which is really cool. So I can pick up on either phone and don't have to worry about brides having two different numbers to call, which is nice and convenient for them. Um, but I only have it go off between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. About two years ago, I want to say at WPPI 2009, um, I was on the trade show floor um, at the ShootQ booth listening to the Bebs talk, um, and they talked about how they only work from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m., and I was like, oh, my gosh. And at the time, I was working like, you know, uh, when I got up till like 9 o'clock at night, you know, because I wanted to get everything done, and I wanted to get done quickly, which I've kind of different on nowadays Uh, I have a different philosophy on all that but that's a different story Um, you know and it was just it was this crazy idea of just you know having a schedule you know like I did when I used to have a day job you know so uh, they were like yeah you kind of separate your life from your business Um, and and so that's something I've tried really hard to do I still have to wrangle myself in when it comes to email you know I get an email at two o'clock in the morning and I check it on my cell phone I'm like typing a reply and Kathy's like go to sleep you know, <laughs> she's a lot better than I am, but I'm in charge of correspondence, so I can't really help myself. Um, but basically, uh, you know, I, I've been trying really hard to keep my personal life and my business life um, as two separate things. And, you know, when we get up in the morning, we have a business meeting every morning. Uh, we talk about what needs to be done that day. We go over all the details of what still needs to be accomplished, which has been extremely helpful for us because we actually have a focus for each day. Um, and then from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. we work. We have a one-hour lunch break in the middle. Um, and, you know, if we get our work done early, then we just take the rest of the day off. Um, but it's just so much nicer now. When we're done, we close the office door and we don't open it again. We have our we have our laptop. We bought a laptop for the living room so that it's separate from the office. You know, it doesn't have our business emails on it. You know, it keeps us separate from, from that part of our life, and it's really helped us with our marriage and uh, with our personal life being able to, you know, have time to ourselves when it wasn't business meeting while we're having a nice dinner together. Yes, and especially because you're married and you run a business together. I'm sure that's a challenge. It it is a challenge. Yeah. It, It definitely is. Okay, so David, you are moving your business to Chicago, and so you're in the process of doing that now? Uh huh. Okay, let's hear about how that's going for you and kind of how you're tackling that challenge of basically relocating your entire business. Well, you know, it was kind of tough, uh, to be honest. It was, it was really scary. Um, as, as anybody who's moved their business knows, it's a it's scary idea that what happens when you move? Are you going to suddenly lose all of your clients and that sort of thing? 
Um, part of it was when we started our business, um, we didn't charge any travel fees for all of Indiana. Um, you know, we, we were based originally, when we first started our business, we were based in Bloomington, Indiana, um, which is about an hour south of Indianapolis. And, you know, we didn't charge any travel fees for Indiana because we didn't want to restrict ourselves to Bloomington. Um, we liked the idea of easily being able to shoot weddings in Indianapolis, and, and that made made sense for us. Um, and then we had flat travel fees. I think it was 250 to shoot a wedding in Illinois, 250 to shoot a wedding in Ohio, that sort of thing. And when we were first starting our business, it was really helpful. We were able to book a lot more weddings rather than just relying on one city to be able to, you know, uh, be a resource for us. Um, so so as our business got bigger, we reduced the diameter of our our regions, um, you know, and we reduced it down to more like the Indianapolis area and Chicago area, um, so that we wouldn't have to worry so much about having to drive four hours every single weekend for a wedding. Because even though we were getting covered by our travel expenses and everything, it just kind of got to be a little bit tedious. And you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're not driving another four hours this weekend. Um, so, you know, it was kind of difficult because of that. Um, so then we decided, you know, hey, we really like Chicago. We like the scene up there, um, the brides that we've booked up in Chicago. You know, it, it, as much as we love our Indiana brides, and we totally do, they're fantastic, we just felt kind of more at home uh, when we were up shooting weddings in Chicago. It just felt more like us. We're, we're very big city people. We either like being in a big city or out in the woods somewhere, you know. <laughs> it's like we don't really like an in-between, and Indy just kind of felt more, uh, it felt a little bit more rural to us. Than, than Indianapolis, than Chicago does. And it just felt more right. It just felt like that's where we were supposed to be. So what we did um, to kind of transition was we moved to central Illinois to Bloomington Normal. And we've been living here for about uh, eight months now, um, eight to ten months, I'd say. And what we did was we just said no travel fees for Chicago and Indianapolis. Uh, that way we didn't get rid of our Indianapolis referral base. Um, we were still able to book those weddings very easily. Um, and we were still, we started to be able to book Chicago weddings. Um, over the past three to six months, we've found that the brides that have been contacting us for Chicago have really, really increased. Um, and about 75% of the leads that we've been getting have been for the Chicago area. And part of that was updating our SEO on a regular basis on our website to start transitioning from Indiana weddings to Chicago and Indiana weddings to Chicago weddings. And now it's mostly just says Chicago everywhere on our website. And the only leads we're getting for Indiana now are people who found past weddings that we've done in Indiana. So we're still getting a lot of leads from that. And, you know, recently we, you know, we thought about staying here in Bloomington Normal. And, you know, but then it was like, okay, we're going to have to drive three hours every weekend for a wedding. And it just, the, the idea of that just kind of frightened us, especially since we decided we want to have kids soon. So it's like, I'm not going to do that every weekend. I want to be able to shoot non-Saturday events. I want to shoot more than one wedding per weekend. So what we did was we finally decided, okay, we're going to move to Chicago. And we've been looking at the Lincoln Park, Lincoln Square area, um, the north side of, uh, of downtown. Um, and uh, we've been talking with other photographers up there and networking with them so that we can kind of build up our referral base in that area um, since most of our referral base in the past has been uh, the Indianapolis area. So now we're talking about moving up there. So we now have the Google Voice number, which has a Chicago area code versus having our central Illinois area code. Um, it makes things a little bit easier for a bride to go, oh, they have a Chicago area code. It's a lot easier for them to – we don't have to really talk about the fact that we're moving. And we don't make it a big deal on our website because we've been going to Chicago for – 
ever for for weddings. So, you know, we didn't have to say, hey, we're new to Chicago. We're not new to Chicago, you know. So we didn't want brides to think we were inexperienced with the area. Uh, so that's, that's something that's really helped us out. It's just slowly transitioning. We knew where we wanted to go, and over a one-year period kind of transitioned our SEO and our contact information to be Chicago from Indianapolis. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you've done a good okay. job with it because I thought you were based in Chicago for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like I, it's funny all the all of the uh, photographers I know here in uh, Bloomington Normal actually really try to push hardcore for Chicago because there's not much business here in Central Illinois. Do you actually do you drive to Chicago then to meet with couples in person? I don't. I, I've actually been. Uh, what we've we only usually meet with about five percent of our clients in person. Um, you know, most of the stuff that we do is either via email or over the phone. Um, lately, we've been doing Skype video conferencing with some of our clients, and that's been really fun. Um, that's really cool. We've done that, I think, three, four times. But, you know, if a bride says, hey, can you meet with me in person? I'm just like, hey, we're actually based in central Illinois. We're moving to Chicago. But, you know, if you want to meet with us in person, we've got a Chicago wedding come up and we can meet you then. Or if you just like to talk to it over the phone, like most of our brides do, like our brides in New York and California, you know, that's perfectly fine as well. And usually they're like, hey, let's just talk on the phone now. You know, you know, if they like our work, they're not so much concerned about where we're based. If, as long as they've seen we've shot at least one wedding in Chicago, they're not really concerned about it. So do you have any just general advice from the challenges and the successes and experiences that you've had along the way? Um, don't be afraid to call or email another photographer. Um, you know, we get probably once a month, you know, I'm sure everybody knows about photographers being shopped and, you know, they go in and they, <laughs> they try to be a bride to find out how a photographer works. And, and from what I've found from talking with people like the Bebs, Kevin Weinstein, uh, Ben Crispin, Becker, all these great photographers who are, who are wonderful people and love to socialize with other photographers, 99% of those photographers are happy to answer any questions you have if you just give them a phone call or email them. You know, I've made numerous friends uh, Angela Renee, Amanda Hoffman, Amanda Wiltshire, all these great photographers that I've made friendships with just because they picked up the phone and gave me a ring and asked me a question or I picked up the phone and gave them a ring. Um, you know, and we've, we've loved helping you photographers get started and, you know, answering questions about what we do with our business that's different from what other people do and just giving our opinion on it. I, I think some photographers, when they're new, um, and, you know, it was the same way with us. Um, we were afraid that if we emailed a photographer and asked him a dumb question, we'd get a dumb answer, you know. Uh, <laughs> we were worried that they would, you know, not want to talk to us because we're this new photographer or we might be competition to them. And I think that more and more these days, you know, photographers just being open to, you know, talk to one another and answer any questions that you have. So, you know, instead of, you know, going the backwards way of doing things, you know, just send somebody an email or give them a call and say, hey, I really like what you do. Can you tell me how you do it? Um, you know, and it's kind of a philosophy that I that I found out um, one of my favorite classes in college I took wine appreciation <laughs> which was great it was a really cool class um, but what I found out in that is that wineries really communicate with one another if um, one winery is having trouble processing a certain kind of grape or whatever they will call up another winery and say hey we're trying to do this what do you think uh, what should we do differently and that other winery will be like oh well we do this and it works great and the idea there is kind of like Becker has said is you know rising tide raises all ships the idea that if you build 
build up everyone in the industry, then everyone is producing a better product. Um, so that, I think, is something that uh, has really, you know, helped us is just not being afraid to to email people or if someone emails us, we just give them a call, you know, and uh, and that's, you know, something that we really enjoy and um, we, we really love uh, doing with other photographers. Right. And beyond that, I feel like when you're able to refer somebody and they have that same standard of quality, it makes you look good because you exactly. upheld that standard in who you're referring to. True. And, and that's one thing, too, that's really helped us out um, as far as referrals go, is we also refer to photographers that are less expensive than us. We don't list our prices on our website, and we don't list our availability, specifically because we love it when we get a chance to refer to another photographer. Um, and that's a big part of uh, why we don't list um, our availability on our website, is yes, we do get about you know 20 more calls a week than we should, um, but it gives us a chance to go, oh, you're booked for this date? Here, let me hook you up with someone you can trust. And that really comes back to us. We've had multiple brides who have referred friends to us because we helped them find another photographer. Um, and we booked multiple weddings a year because of that. So, you know, if you treat every client who contacts you as a current client rather than just uh, the bride on the phone whose budget is half of what you charge, you know, it really does pay off and it does give you a chance to make connections with newer photographers so that when they get to your level, they can refer you back and they'll return the favor. I really like that. Okay, last question for you. Do you have any resources or books or anything that you kind of find handy, whether they're about photography or just work-life balance or anything in general that you want to recommend to listeners? Sure. Um, I'm actually a big fan of the B-School. Um, I've been a fan of, of Becker and what he does uh, since the beginning. The B-School has been incredibly helpful as a resource. Lately, I've been kind of slacking. I haven't been on there in a couple months. Uh, but, it's you know, it's a heavy wedding season. I've been focusing on our clients. Um, but, you know, whenever I'm off, I try and get in there and comment and help people out. And what I like about it is, even though it does cost a little bit per month, what it does is it makes sure that the people that are on there are the kind of people you want to talk to. There isn't anyone who on there who is any is negative at all. Everyone is open to any questions that you have, um, and it's just a really, really good community to be a part of, and we absolutely love it. Um, another thing that's been a really good resource to us um, is, is, like I said, other photographers, asking them what they do. Um, we love to blog stalk. You know, we love to go out there and look at other photographers' sites. We look at Ben Chrisman, uh, Aperture, Anna Cooperberg, you know, those photographers that we really love and kind of relate to. We love, you know, looking at the photos on the WPGA, uh, which, which we really like and are a part of. Um, and it's just, there's such great resources out there that people are able to network with and connect with. And, and I know I say networking a lot, but like I said, that's been a big influence for us in our business. Um, and then at the same time, I, I really like actually um, things that make my business easier. I also, also see as a resource because it gives me time to do those things. So things like ShootQ, our Modi Boto board that we have has been really helpful for us in our business and, and quickening up the thing. You know, we have our... Um, we have our pick uh, cart that has really helped streamline how we, uh, you know, market to our brides. You know, anything like that that frees up time from your personal life that makes things easier for you will allow you to be able to have those resources and connections as well. So I think that's kind of an important thing to add to your business too. And, and the money that you spend on those extra things, I, I personally think pays off because I think, you know, time is money and any time that you're able to save, you know, is is really something that's very important and financially a good idea. So true. Well, David, thank you so much. You have tons of great advice, and I'm excited to share. 
Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you calling me today. If you like what you heard, I'm currently supporting this podcast through listener donations. So head on over to photofieldnotes.com. And if you want to support what you heard and hear some more like it, give a little bit and we'll keep it going. Thanks for the support.